1: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Filling in for
0: Arthur Idala today is executive producer of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, Joan Pelzer. All
2: right. So I hope I don't drive you crazy at the end of the week. I've been with you all week. This is Joni Pelzer, and I am very, very honored and lucky that sitting next to me is the, one of the, I shouldn't say the, one of the most dapper Dans that I have seen with a beautiful blue and white floral shirt, a blue jacket, and a fedora (laughs) to match Arthur's. It is the great, the only, New York Post columnist, Steve Cuso.
3: Wow, that's some introduction. You like thank that? you. Thank you. But I have we to We need correct. your own music. I have, to, I have to correct you on one point, Joni. It's what? not it isn't a fedora, it's oh, a, no. it's a sporting trilby. Uh-oh. And I learned that's that very at the store in London where I bought it. Sporting Trilby. So is, there it, you a, go. is
2: it an Italian hat or a no, it's or British, British no, hat? No, it's an English hat. Okay, so you and Arthur wear different hats, <laughs> equally gorgeous. And I'm so honored that you're here with us today. A Thank pleasure. you. Thank you for having and me. And we are in studio with Mr. Alex Garrett today, too. Hi, Happy Alex. Friday. How's Happy everybody doing Friday. tonight? Everyone is doing really, really great. We have a really exciting show with Steve today. We're going to talk a lot about some things that he's written recently, which are in the news, like the Truman Capote movie with CZ Guest called Feud, right, Steve? Is it called It's Feud? called
3: Capote versus the Swans.
2: <laughs> Interesting. That's going to be... And you knew CZ Guest directly, didn't you? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, That's amazing. And we're going to talk about some real estate developments in New York, new businesses coming in and out. I know Google is opening a huge campus, or it opened it. I think they opened it today. Uh, We're going to talk about what's happening with the Roosevelt Hotel, how they're looking to turn it into something more. We're going to talk about food and new restaurants, some Broadway openings. At the end, we're going to talk a little bit about my theater and an event we're doing with Colin Quinn. And we're going to have Bobby Maresco on the show. And Steve and I will be right back with Professor Alan Dershowitz. Don't go away. City. City
1: and city. City and Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know.
4: Joining us is Councilman Ben Kellis. What do you think about the labor movement post-Janus? What are you hearing?
5: I've spoken to public service labor unions all over the city and state, and they are telling me that they are stronger than ever. Members of labor know what's at stake, and they're not falling for any of the stuff that's coming out of Washington. They know that Janus was an attack on labor, and frankly, they know that no one's looking out for them other than their labor union. So I see folks getting more involved, and I think that if labor members get involved in their unions i think that you can define who will be the next president of the united states of america the next mayor of the city of new york the next borough president in manhattan and the next council members because everything's up for grabs it's reaching out with gregory floyd at a new time saturday
1: afternoon at 2 30 and again at 9 p.m on am 970 the answer
6: Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda run by my family friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years serves all five boroughs. I've gotten cars there. My friends have gotten cars there. My whole family has gotten cars there because everyone goes to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. This month they have special deals. President's Day weekend. They're offering one dollar down deals. Drive a brand new Honda home for just one dollar down or a one dollar oil change. Choice is yours. The brand new Hondas, like the all-new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, the Honda CRV, the Honda Accord, and the Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. Low finance rates are available with no payments until spring of 2024. 90 days with no payments. Bay Ridge Honda has the best prices around, top dollar for your trade-in, serving the five boroughs of New York. New vehicles come with their Bay Ridge Plus package for all your service needs. So visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com.
4: Fast Tech Industries helps you with all your construction and demolition weekly waste removal needs. Roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, garage, cleanouts, or construction and demolition debris. Specializing in removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, asphalt, throughout all five boroughs. and every corner of New Jersey, rear-load trash containers from 1 to 10 yards, compactors from 25 to 40 yards, number one supplier of recycled product, number one wholesaler of Virgin quar materials from bluestone and sand to belgium block number 1 provider of roll off containers take it from Joe P call and ask for Joe C at 718-494-1600 718-494-1600 mention this ad for $25 off your next roll off container rental go online to faztechindustries.com f a z t e c i n d dot com faztech industries is now serving Westchester County faztech industries is a defazio company
6: Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. Years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718. 238 6500 With offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island, it's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors & Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did.
0: Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com.
5: When I was 17, it was a very good year.
2: Welcome back. And if you hear that music, it must it mean we're bringing back Professor Alan Dershowitz. Hello,
7: Professor. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, but I'm sitting here with a T-shirt and a baseball cap, so I don't quite make it in the, <laughs> uh, the dress code of what you guys are wearing. I don't have any fancy blue shirts by the way, I knew Truman Capote and CC gas. Remember I was involved in the, uh, Von case. Yes, you and were. Those swans were involved in that case. And Truman Capote volunteered to help me prove that, uh, one of the women had given, uh, uh, von uh, uh, injections of insulin. Um, so I got to meet with, uh, Truman Capote at his apartment, uh, on the east side, and took me to lunch, and we met a few other times, and he wrote a great endorsement for my first uh, popular book, The Best Defense, so um, it brings back some memories.
2: Wow. Any, any uh, answer to that, or any comment on that, Steve?
3: Well, um, I certainly didn't know uh, Truman Capote, and I definitely didn't know Klaus or <laughs> Sonny Von Bulow, but I did know uh, CZ Guest. And, uh, Alan, I don't know whether she was the uh, particular swan you had in mind who you mentioned, but somehow I doubt it. But um, a a little-known aspect of CZ Guest's life was that for 10 years, she was the New York Post gardening columnist from around 81 to 92, if you can believe such a thing. And, and, uh, you know, CZ was very different from the other swans. She's the only one who did not disavow or disown Truman Capote after he, uh, you know, spread all kinds of scandalous stuff about them. Because uh, CZ was a woman largely without scandal. And uh, nonetheless, her appearance in the New York Post newsroom, a grungy place that you can't even imagine the way it was in the early 1980s, um, was a surprise to everyone. and I, But not to her, because... You may think of Cz as a classic, you know, uh, as an exemplar of the of the American wasp style, both in terms of fashion and demeanor and and upbringing. Uh, But she was totally at home uh, with the troops and uh, she had lived a colorful life. She she and her husband, uh, Winston, uh, shot tigers in uh, with the Maharaja in India. And, uh, she, you know, so, so the mice that we had at 210 South street, uh, didn't face her oh, wow. and, uh, she enjoyed being there and the staff loved her at first. They were intimidated. Who is this woman, uh, who could not look or sound more different from the, you know, rough and tumble characters at the post, which was a combination of fleet street guys from England and Australia and New Yorkers who had been at the post for many years uh, before Rupert Murdoch bought it, uh, and so here 's this woman and w- you know what does she want from us? Well, all she wanted was to write a nice little weekly gardening column this column, and this gardening column would have headlines like the one I remember best: um, "The Earthworm is our friend," and that was so unlike everything else in the New York Post that. sometimes i have to pinch myself to 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 believe it it really it was do you miss it (laughs) miss what the old post yeah no 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 no, not in the least
2: all right well things (laughs) that are in the news i just want to jump in while we have professor dershowitz our our legal brain our legal guru here there are two big things happening in legal news the first of which the alabama supreme court ruling about frozen embryos can you just tell us what's really going on with that because Everything I read in the news, it sounds pretty bad.
7: It's worse. Oh, it's much worse. I predicted this. I wrote a column. It may have been for the New York Post. I'm not sure. But I wrote a column the day after the court said that there was no constitutional right to abortion. And I predicted this case. I said, all right, a lot of people can tolerate maybe uh, no abortion in the, you know after 15 weeks or 12 weeks. But the implications of that decision is that every embryo, every zygote, every everything is a child, everything is a human being. And what if the state were to ban the morning after pill? Americans would be up in, in arms against it. This takes it even further. And banning essentially in vitro fertilization, it 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 makes it and you'd think that many religious people would say, We want to have children. We want to allow couples that have fertility problems to have children. But they, some of them are so fundamentalist in their views that this is going to get even worse. And you're not going to be able to go to the Supreme Court for rescue, because the Supreme Court has already said in the decision by Justice Alito, there is absolutely, categorically, no constitutional right relating to abortion or anything like it. And so I think this is going to be state by state. I do think that Alabamans are going to rise up and protest against this. They're not going to like this. You're going to get some, you know, evangelical Christians who support it. But the vast majority of average workaday people, many of whom have fertility problems, are going to say, no, no, you can't stop us from having babies. That's the most fundamental right that we have.
2: I mean, I just saw the University of Alabama, Birmingham, paused all treatments. There was a woman on the news today who was supposed to have this treatment done tomorrow, and it was canceled because they're afraid of lawsuits.
7: Yeah, yeah. No, of course, and I don't blame them. It's more than lawsuits. It's criminal prosecution.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. Um, Could they take these frozen embryos and go to another state to have this done?
7: Unless the state bans it. And, uh, and remember, too, if you take this to its logical conclusion, throwing out an embryo is murder. It would be like throwing out a three-week-old baby and putting him in the garbage. So if so they're not
2: allowing them to do the treatment, to do the IVF, yeah. then what happens to these embryos?
7: Well, that, the irony is that most of the embryos will then be killed, will then be destroyed. Whereas if you allow the treatment... Some of them will turn into, you know, viable babies and human beings. What conceivable religious basis is there for saying that you want these embryos uh, to be killed instead of turn into human beings? I mean, I don't care what you think of when a soul occurs or any of those metaphysical issues. It just makes no sense whatsoever to fail to distinguish between an embryo and a human being. And they're, you know... I have Holocaust deniers who write to me and say, "You know, oh yeah, six million Jews may have died in the Holocaust. Big deal. More embryos have been killed than Jews, and it's just as bad when an embryo is killed as when as when Anne Frank uh, died." Uh, I mean, those kinds of absurd arguments are being made by extremists, and 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 you know we have to answer them in the marketplace of ideas, and also at the ballot box. And people should be focusing on. Alabama elections now, and making sure that these judges who are elected uh, are not reelected and that governors who appoint them are not reelected because this is now obviously in the in the realm of politics, and already we saw uh, a silly remark made by uh, uh <laughs> the the dissenting Republican candidate for uh the nomination. Uh, in which she you know, basically said she regards them as children, and then she took it back, of course, because she had to understand that the vast, vast, vast majorities <laughs> understand the difference between something in a test tube and a baby who has to put on a, a diaper. If you don't understand that, you don't understand life.
2: Wow. Okay, this is definitely a topic that we're going to talk more about. I think Steve has a question. Jump it on in. It
3: s- seems to me that Nikki Haley has to... Um reverse herself <laughs> on a lot of issues yeah, There was a slavery a issue yeah. she's clearly not not uh, uh, uh not to pass merits on her qualifications to be president but she's not cut out for this kind of competition for this kind of national exposure
7: well each each of the three candidates have made slips uh, uh, and bad <laughs> slips but uh, she's a young woman <laughs> she's running on the youth thing and her slips have to be taken more seriously because they are uh, you know, political statements. Look, I like her very much. And if she ultimately got the Republican nomination, I would have to, you know, think hard uh, about who to vote for. I like her. But wow. uh, she speaks too, too quickly, sometimes without thinking about it. And she thinks too hard about what the political implications uh, would be. And, you know, both of her statements about slavery and about the embryos were in, can still conceived. And she's backed away, to her credit. She's backed away from them, and I hope she doesn't make any more. But she's a terrific person. I like her very much.
2: All right. Let's switch gears a minute to another A state, Arizona. So apparently Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell is not extraditing uh, the accused killer from the New York City Soho Hotel situation back to New York. She said they want to prosecute him first in Arizona for two incidents. He's apparently been accused in and has a rap sheet in Florida, Texas, Arizona and New York now. What do you make of that?
7: Well, it's political, of course, too. Um, you know, whatever bad things I have to say about Alvin Bragg. And I have a lot of bad things to say about him. The case he brought against uh, Donald Trump is the weakest case I've ever seen in my 60 years of practice. <laughs> He's not letting this guy out on bail. So come on. There's no doubt about that. I don't even think he's eligible for bail in New York. So it's very, very, very political.
3: And uh, what we're seeing now is,
7: you know, everything in the criminal justice system is being politicized. Uh, And and people are being prosecuted uh, based on politics or not prosecuted based on politics. But, you know, this guy is up for a serious murder charge, he's not getting any bail. And so I think the Maricopa County Probably. is just making. I, I uh, think they is just making a point.
3: I think that clearly uh, uh, the the Texas prosecutor uh, is, is in some way showboating or grandstanding. I, I'm not sure what her point is. And and as I think you know, I was listening to Errol Lewis this morning on New York One. He made the point that it's ridiculous because uh, uh, the murder rate in her county is much higher than the murder rate in New York City. New York City, yeah. I hate to break the news to everybody, is incredibly a safe place. So, you know, go ahead, shoot me, but that's the way I feel about it. Uh, the truth is that, um, as as, as uh, you say, that, of course, if he were extradited to New York, of course he wouldn't be let out. Uh, even so, one must consider, the, you know, some of the actions and statements that D.A. Bragg has made over time uh, and his uh, impetus to, uh, to, uh, uh, to my, in my view, protect and, and defend uh, 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 perpetrators of major crimes, and in a few cases, to try to prosecute people who acted in clear cases of self-defense. You know, a bodega owner who, was, who fought for his life against the mugger no, who I was trying to with kill you. him. I, uh, I, sometimes I, agree I think with that you. Bragg's problem is that he's not so much that he's, a political, he's politically far, far left, but that sometimes he sounds dumb. Do you agree with that?
7: Well, I, well, I no, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think that he's very political. Uh, look, do you remember, I'm old enough to remember this, you probably aren't old enough to remember this, but when Governor Cuomo, the first Governor Cuomo of New York, um, refused to extradite somebody to Alabama or somewhere, a black guy who was subject to the death penalty. And he said he's not he's not going to extradite people to southern states uh, where they might get unfair trials and get the death penalty. So governors do have some power and D.A.'s do have some power, but they should be used uh, correctly and not for partisan political purposes, not to make a point. And clearly she's doing this. Just
2: I just just looked up that murder rate that you were talking about. uh, Business Insider lists it. So Maricopa. County in Arizona. Phoenix is the largest city. And apparently in 2023, they had 198 homicides with a population of 1.6 million. New York City had 391 murders with a population of 8.3 million.
3: Yeah, so their murder rate is probably, I have to do the arithmetic, but it sounds a like not more, just yeah. a little higher, but a lot higher, like four times higher. Perhaps. I
2: mean, I understand she wants to prosecute in her own state first, guarantee that maybe this person will see jail time before extraditing. But it just feels a little awkward, doesn't it?
3: All these things feel a little awkward. And, Professor, the the incident that you mentioned with Mario Cuomo not a, a, a yeah. declining to extradite a guy to some state. Uh, I, I only vaguely remember that, but but in doing that, making that statement, he was kind of showboating too, because he knew full well that no one had been executed in New York State for I don't know since the 1950s. No, and- no,
7: but no, he didn't want to. He didn't want to send them back to a state where they would be
3: executed, so he wasn't showboating. In yeah, he end, was he because it had, to
7: save the person's life.
3: Had right. he, yeah, yeah, but had he not extradited, had he remained in New York, he wouldn't be executed either because no one was ever executed since the 1950s. And no, I, don't, I
7: understand that, but I don't think he was on trial for New York. I think he just it was just extradition. I don't remember. Oh, Maybe okay. you may remember better than I do. I don't I remember don't. if he had any. <laughs> he certainly didn't have a murder case in New York. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was that, and, and it raised an interesting constitutional issue as to whether or not. Governors or or district attorneys Do have the right to treat The states as if they really are separate states Rather than part of the United States Of America And, and generally The answer has been yes There are certain cases too where you can Extradite on condition I had a case once Where my client was being Extradited to France And or from France to the United States and France said it would Extradite only if the DA Promised that they wouldn't seek The death penalty and that's what happened
2: Wow. (laughs) This has been the most interesting conversation. I'm like lost in it. Aren't we lucky that we have Professor Alan Dershowitz and Steve Cuso. I said it right. The Italian on one side. This has been so (laughs) enlightening. And so this conversation, you don't hear this anywhere else. We're having this direct conversation. So, Professor Dershowitz, when are you going to be in Steve's column?
7: I don't know. You know, I'm Jewish on my mother's side, Jewish on my father's side, but Italian on all my friends' side. There you, you go. Do you want to so, go into the restaurant
3: uh, business? <laughs> I'll tell you. I, every
7: single night, I'm in, I'm in Florida these days, and the Italian restaurants in South Beach are fantastic. There and you so go. I, I know them all, like I know all of them in New York, and like anytime we, my wife and I have to go on vacation, our first choice is always... <laughs> southern italy there you and go so that's where we go last last well, we're gonna I, talk year it was post
2: i heard carbone Tano is
7: pretty year. good down
3: there the carbone yeah. in south beach i hear it's very good there you go it, it's a little but but yogi, as yogi Berra said nobody goes there anymore it's too crowded
2: <laughs> all right well with that we are going to end our segment don't go away i had professor alan dershowitz and now we have steve cuso continuing with me for the rest of the show
4: Tonight at 7, it's the Fun Friday edition of Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough and Christine Nicholas. What does that mean? Broadway reviews, restaurants. We'll talk about things going on in the different bids across New York City and have a cocktail recipe or two. That's tonight at 7.
8: The world is becoming more and more unstable by the day. And many hardworking Americans aren't waiting around to find out how bad it could get. They've decided to diversify their savings with precious metals like gold and silver. And they're turning to the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. GoldCo is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner. And they've helped people just like you place over $2.5 billion in gold and silver. Right now, GoldCo is offering you a free 2024 gold and silver guide to arm you with the facts about how precious metals could help you weather the potential storm. And get this, if you call them today, you could be eligible to receive up to 10% back in bonus silver. So call GoldCo at 855-GOLD-IRA. To learn how you could get started today. But it's first come, first serve, so don't wait. Don't let this chaotic world get in the way of your goals. Call Gold Co. today at 855 Gold IRA. That's 855 Gold IRA.
6: Hi, it's Arthur Idala. FastTech Industries helps with all of your construction, demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts or construction and demolition debris. FastTech specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all 5 boroughs, every corner of New Jersey, and now serving Westchester County. FazTech is the number one supplier of recycled products, the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials, and the number one provider of roll-off containers. Call FazTech today. Ask for Joe C. at 718-494-1600. That's 718-494-1600. Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F A Z. T E C I N D dot com for more information. Fastech Industries is now serving Westchester County. Fastech Industries is a Defazio company.
9: My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a ten-year, five hundred thousand dollars policy for nearly fifty dollars a month. Then we called SelectQuote.
6: Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
1: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala.
2: and steve's looking at me going why are you dancing no dancing come on steve dance with me isn't this a great song it gets you kind of vibing on a friday
3: a lot of my friends have it as the answering thing on their phone oh the do phone they range, it got that very song plays. really yeah. oh
2: that's so interesting it's a good like upbeat kind of positive hey we're going into a nice weekend it's president's week um i'm just loving this i'm loving this conversation this is not you'll get this nowhere else Nowhere else on radio will you get this kind of conversation where randomly we find out that Professor Alan Dershowitz has something to do with Truman Capote and Steve is sitting here and just wrote an article about the movie and happens to have known CZ Guest. What a great conversation. I love it.
3: Yeah, it's a a great show. I'm uh, delighted to be part of it. We're delighted to have you. And uh, wow, Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, that's cool. That's serious company. You know? That
2: is serious. Have you uh, ever had a conversation with him?
3: I don't think so. Well, no. we
2: got to hook this up for maybe a lunch <laughs> when he comes back from his, you know, beach travels with his t shirt and shorts well, I just, and go into Carbone, I, I right? Just,
3: I just had a conversation with him. I know. But such. another one. <laughs>
2: detailed. More yeah. detail. Maybe you could do an interview with him about the Truman Capote situation and Klaus von Bülow and all. You never know. Hey,
3: I'll write about anything.
2: And you're a very good writer. I sometimes do. Thank you. Speaking of, I'm going to go, I'm going to jump right into your column in the New York Post because I went through almost everything in preparation to have you come in today. And you write a lot about real estate and there is a lot of development going on. And everywhere I turn, there's a skyscraper going up in my neighborhood, too. But specifically, there's a boom in uh, opening of stores and opening of restaurants. Can you talk about that a little bit for us?
3: Yeah, I mean the buildings that you see going up—it's very interesting. Yeah, you can hardly walk a block without having to detour around the construction. Uh, they're all apartment buildings and hotels. Nobody's building new office buildings.
2: Are these hotels going to be for migrants or? or uh, no, no,
3: no. These are actual, visitors. really, real, normal hotels. Okay, and there are probably a half dozen of them within a, a one and a half block radius. Of the building where I work, Sixth uh, wow. Avenue and Forty Seventh Street, I kind of think they're out of their minds because, the you know the tourism market, and the market for business travel, which is even more important than the tourist market, they're not infinite, they're not unlimited, and eventually there's going to be a glut. But that's the way the real estate cycle goes; it's boom and bust. It is a cyclical business, which too many people mm-hmm. don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the restaurants and 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 uh, stores there's a retail boom going on you know we all remember the horrors of the pandemic and it wiped out a gazillion stores i mean there's
2: still all uh, store for rent fronts near yeah, me all yes, over there are and, and they're and opening cannabis stores or whatever uh, yes, they're called are, these they're days the marijuana
3: stores the illegal unlicensed ones but there's a boom in 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 high-end retail and so uh fifth avenue madison avenue uh east 57th street uh you see this everywhere and they're not small stores. They're huge stores. Mm-hmm. So Valentino opened a gigantic store on Madison Avenue around 60th Street, where a long time ago was Calvin Klein, but its store had been closed for four or five years. Uh, Fifth Avenue, um, there's all sorts of stuff going on, and many of the fashion retailers are buying their own buildings for their own real estate portfolios. Now, I don't know what sends a more you know optimistic message than that. Uh, on the restaurant scene, you know, during the pandemic, uh, I remember very well this all the stories that were out there that restaurants will never return. New York City's restaurant market is forever wiped out. And it wasn't just, you know, outside analysts. Some of the restaurant people were saying. I mean, Danny Meyer mm-hmm. said, I'll never open another new restaurant in New York, which was not true. He very soon did. Um uh Tom Calicchio, one of the great chefs, estimated that the pandemic, and at that point nobody knew when it would end, uh would wipe out seventy-five percent of existing restaurants. Wow. Well and I was writing something very contrary, saying that guys, give it a little time, okay? This is cyclical, this too shall pass. Isn't this and the world
2: and New York anyway? Yeah, right. Of course.
3: And a lot of people didn't see it. Everyone is a prisoner of the moment. And granted, You know, the virus months were a very bad moment. Uh, Even so, you look at it now, you look at the big restaurant owners, the guys who own the lion's share of the major restaurants. So that means Danielle Boulud and and jean George von Gerichten and and Andrew Carmelini, companies like that. uh, um, They didn't lose a single restaurant. I mean, they were closed for a while, but they all bounced back. Um, And they were all opening new restaurants. And so... In in the last month, I've been to uh, these great new restaurants, uh, Cafe Baloud, which had been closed for three years. It had to relocate. They, oh, where uh, did
2: it locate to? Six
3: uh, Park Avenue and Sixty Third. Okay, uh, it's fabulous. Um, That's right near me. Von Gerichten, you're in luck. Von Gerichten opened a, a restaurant called Four Twenty Five, which is in at Four Twenty Five Park Avenue, new, uh, gorgeous new office tower. Uh, that's mostly leased. Um, Citadel, uh, uh, Ken Griffin's company, I think, okay. is, is the main, is the largest uh, tenant. Spectacular new restaurant. Uh, Carmelini opened a place called Cafe Carmelini, and it's in a new hotel on 5th Avenue, I think 22nd Street. And these are all great restaurants, and they're all brand new. Oh, love it. And, and none of them is open yet for lunch because they wanted to give their kitchen staff time to you know fully mm-hmm. gear up and also because as we know hiring is very difficult not just hiring any live bodies right. but hiring people who who can handle the, the you know the, the job
2: yeah who and are trained so right? I've never yeah. seen
3: anything like this in New York there's a new restaurant uh, called uh, Acadia at 6th Avenue and uh, 57th Street and it's a modern Israeli restaurant uh, the owner is a guy named Simon Oren who owns uh, 12 15 restaurants and uh it's it's spectacular i was there i was there uh two nights well ago. you go out all the time uh maybe too much sometimes
2: right? uh, uh, maybe i'll have to accompany you one <laughs> night and, and tell size. you <laughs> i bet you i bet they get you in don't they get me in? Yeah. Do they let you in right away? You don't even have to wait for a reservation? They don't. Ha- well,
3: it's not quite that simple, but it's almost that. Almost simple. that yeah. simple.
2: You're you're yeah. that name and face, I bet. <laughs> and you walk in with what would you call your hat? I can't remember the London hat name.
3: Oh. With a T. It is a sporting trilby
2: sporting trilby you need a sporting trilby i think i do
3: i can't show it to you because we're on radio
2: i know but we'll put a picture of us (laughs) together so i know alex wanted to ask a little bit about crime and how it affects what's happening all these new establishments opening like restaurants i mean in during the pandemic people were robbed while they were sitting outside at restaurants you know that was a big factor and as we all know we read in the news the gucci store in the meatpacking district just was robbed at gunpoint these new openings, do you think crime in New York will affect these businesses?
3: When you mentioned uh, about during the pandemic, people eating outdoors or getting robbed, there wasn't very much truth to that at all. It was a myth. It was an urban myth. And, and in fact, at the time, there were all these stories going around that people dining outside at Avra on East 60th Street, the Greek seafood restaurant, that you know cars were pulling up and guys were hopping out with guns and taking all the women's jewelry. And there was such a pervasive rumor that uh, they actually had to say, folks, that's not true. Nobody's getting robbed. And I wrote a story about that. It wasn't true. Now, in terms of the current situation, um, oh, despite, you know, Gucci being knocked over or held up on, on the uh, 14th, far west, you know, near the High Line, um, that's a rarity. It does happen. Uh, however the the shoplifting problem is a huge problem.
2: That is a in, big problem. Yep. In the
3: drug stores, the CVS's, uh, everything's places like that and the stores are un, un, unable and unwilling to defend themselves. A lot of them have security guards. <laughs> 20 guys come in, you know, with wheelbarrows. You're not going to stop. The, the them. security yeah, guard just sort can. of look at the ceiling while this is going on. And it's a disgrace. However, even that needs to be put into perspective the the truth is that you know i follow the nypd data religiously every week all the major crimes in new york city since 2020 are down now they're still a little higher than they were before 2020 but you know what they were already inching up a little bit from unnaturally low levels in 2017 18 19 crime goes up and crime goes down Mm -hmm. but right now the uh, murders are down shootings are down um felonious assault well it's about And we the just same.
2: had Chief Michael Kemper we had a whole show last night on crime in New York City and the transit and everything and we had um a, it was an intense show I'm going to send it to you just in okay. case you couldn't cuz you were at a restaurant what, what? so just in case you couldn't <laughs> listen live I'm going to send you the podcast to listen to What's
3: made you know transit crime has it, it, it's not a it's not a you know a huge upswing in transit crime it's an uptick barely and you can't You know, pay too much attention to weekly blips and burps of the graph. What makes transit crime seem much more pervasive than it is, and I'm not denying that it's a serious uh, issue, uh, is uh, video cameras. And so, right, I was watching, I think, Channel 4 News a few nights ago. The first three stories... Were about transit crime. Somebody gets hit over the head while they're playing an instrument. The, the cellist. Somebody, yep. And, okay, but there was video of all these. They always lead with video. If, you know, if, if a building collapses in, in you know, Chicago, um, and so that gives much greater currency to at least the appearance that crime, whether it's in the subways or anywhere else. Is completely out of control. I can tell you that I live on the subway in the city, Me day too. and night, yep. weekends. Or I, I'm in the other. It's the uh, only way to get around Brooklyn and Queens uh, often enough. And um, I have never even, I've never witnessed, much less been a victim of any crime in progress, ever.
2: Knock on wood. Ever. I hope you never will. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue with me and with Steve Cuzo, And we're going to bring in Bobby Maresco. We'll be right back.
9: My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home.
6: Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend, Rob Sabah. The Sabah family owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years serves all five boroughs. I've gotten cars there, my friends have gotten cars there, my whole family has gotten cars there because everyone goes to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. This month, they have special deals. Presidents Day weekend, they're offering $1 down deals. Drive a brand new Honda home for just $1 down or a $1 oil change, the change. Choice is yours. The brand new Hondas, like the all-new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, the Honda CRV, the Honda Accord, and the Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. Low finance rates are available with no payments until spring of 2024. 90 days with no payments. Bay Ridge Honda has the best prices around, top dollar for your trade-in, serving the five boroughs of New York. New vehicles come with their Bay Ridge Plus package for all your service needs. So visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970.
1: The answer. There's
5: no business like show business.
2: Love There's that song, no Alex. Thank you for that. Welcome, welcome back. All. This is Joni Pelzer hosting with Steve Cuso the our Arthur Idollah Power Hour radio show today. And Arthur is. Big into show business and an entertainer. So what best way to end on a Friday afternoon than a little bit of entertainment news. And I'm going to get personal with this, Steve. And I hope you'll join me on March the 5th at 7 p.m. at my theater. Arthur supports our theater. He's on my advisory board, the AMT Theater. And I'm so honored right now to have the one and only Mr. Bobby Moresco, the Academy Award winning writer, director Bobby won an Academy Award for Crash, the movie. I'm sure you saw that, Steve. Of course. Well, Bobby, welcome for the first time to the Arthur I. Dollar Power Hour on AM 970.
10: Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hello to both you and Steve. Hi, Steve. Pleasure to meet you.
2: I love honored. having you, and I'm honored. We are doing something called An Evening with Bobby Moresco and Colin Quinn, the comedian, actor, writer, and SNL star. So, Bobby, I wanted you personally... First of all, thank you because it was your idea and you're hosting this for us for AMT Theatre. Can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to do this for our theatre and what it is?
10: Well, well, first of all, the main reason I decided to do it is because theatre needs help. Theatre is the constant invalid. Uh, we, are, we are always in danger of shutting down any theatre we're involved in for the last 45 to 50 years that I've been doing it. So anytime I can help theatre, I want to do it. And of course... You know, AMT is a great space. It's a tremendous place. You know, 45th Street, 8th and 9th, just shy of Broadway. It's a beautiful new space that was an amount of effort that was put into it. it deserves all the help we can give it. And that's my main reason. I love theater. Even though I spent most of my life in movies and television, I began in theater and I go back whenever I can.
2: That is such a beautiful statement. I love it. And we do love our theater. It's gorgeous. It's black and white theater. State of the art. We have a new screen. We're going to be doing film screening. Maybe we could even film, do a film screening of Crash at some point, an anniversary screening or something like that. I'm going to put that out there to the universe and ask for it. But what made Colin say yes to you to do this?
10: Well, Colin and I have been friends since 1995 or 1996. Um, and so, you know, over the years we, we've, we've constantly tried to find new work together and this coincided. I directed Colin in a play off Broadway, uh, at the Irish arts theater on West 52nd street. Um, and it was a 99 seat house. Colin was doing Saturday night live at the time. Um, we moved the house because it was a big hit. We moved the house to Broadway.
2: Wow. That's that, amazing. You know, I love that space, the Irish arts. I love that space. Yeah.
10: It's a great space. The Helen Hayes is also a great space. And so ever since then, we, we're constantly threatening to work with each other again. And we finally did I get love to that. Do it. <laughs> yeah, we we finally did get to do it with Red State, Blue State, which I directed off-Broadway again down at the Manetta Lane. It was picked up as a special on CNN, their first comedy special ever. I don't know if they've ever done another one.
2: Wow. Um,
3: I yeah, did not know you, that. Can you imagine? I don't. I don't associate <laughs> CNN with comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no one does.
10: And the fact that they, you know, what happened was Jeff Zucker came to see the show one night, loved the show, you know, said hello to everybody, and next thing you know, we get an offer to do it as a special.
2: <laughs> I you know, love like, that. That is something so do you, you don't hear any every day, right? Uh,
10: it's, It's amazing. And those of you out there who are listening to this, if you haven't seen Colin in Red State, Blue State, please do. He's just brilliant.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Um, So we're doing this benefit on March 5th at 7 p.m. for our theater, an evening with Bobby and Colin. What do you expect to get out of that?
10: Lots of laughs from Colin. Absolutely nothing from me. Uh,
2: But but You're making us laugh now, see? (laughs) You got it.
10: I mean, let me tell you something. Colin and I pitched the show to HBO. I'm going to tell you a quick story. And we sold it. Uh, So I went home and I said to my wife, Barbara, I said, I just sold a comedy to HBO. And Barbara said, But, Barb, you're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that was that. So uh, here's what happened. Colin and I are always rhapsodizing about the first show, An Irish Wake, the one that went to Broadway. And so we thought, let's create a new Irish Wake. 35 years later, whatever characters are still around, from Colin's point of view, Colin brought down a series of new monologues, a series of new characters, not monologues, that might form the basis for this new play. And uh, brought them down to the actor's gym. He, He worked them a little bit like we did the original show. And uh, the whole idea is Colin's going to bring in on March 5th uh, a couple of the original characters and then a couple of the newer characters that people will get to see in his latest one-man show.
2: Wow. And then maybe someday this will go somewhere else.
10: Well, God willing, you know, the last thing we want to do is end anything that's fun and good, right?
2: That's right. And maybe CNN will pick you up again, right, Steve? It
3: sounds like a a memorable evening in advance.
2: Yeah, it does.
3: It does. Exactly. You know, it's like a preview for a movie.
10: It's like, you know, you're going you're to get to see a great Colin Quinn do some things that he hasn't done before. And and, and if you haven't, if, if you out there have not seen Colin in, in any of his one man shows, you, you're in for a treat. Yeah, Come by and see,
2: yeah he's amazing. Night. I've seen him in something before. Well, everyone should go to amttheater.org and you can find out more about it. And we're going to post all over the place. Arthur. Help happily supports my theater, so it makes me happy, and you'll see Steve that night. We'll we'll bring him in, too.
10: Can't wait. I love love it. Listen, I I can't thank you guys enough for supporting theater and supporting the show.
2: I can't thank you enough for supporting theater and supporting actors and writers and directors, and the way it happens is by doing this in New York City with an off-Broadway house, so thank you. Mr. Bobby Moresco, please promise you'll come back on the show.
10: Absolutely. Whenever Um. you guys call. Thank you. Thank you
3: for joining us today. We're honored. Uh, thanks, Steve. I appreciate
2: it. Thank you, thank you. All right. Well, we will continue. I want to talk to to Steve a little bit more. So, Steve, let's talk about something near and dear to your heart—the Roosevelt Hotel.
3: I will tell you why. Which it's, is near our it's, office. Actually, it's, it's not far from mine. It's near and dear to me because I love that old building when it was a hotel. It it isn't a landmark, but the ground floor. If you remember anything about the Roosevelt, I do. It was a beautiful one, nineteen forty five time capsule. Uh the you know, the 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 check-in desk, everything, the bar, they were right out of nineteen forty six. It was the only one of its kind because all the other old hotels were long gone. You know, oh. the Biltmore. Uh so the Roosevelt was a survivor. And I, I'd love to have that back someday. And also it happens to be home to a store where I buy shirts, and the store is called Saiki. and S A Y I K I. It sounds Japanese. It's a Turkish men's store. And it's on the corner of Madison Avenue and, I guess, 45th and in, in the hotel building. And those poor guys who own the store have been miserable since the migrants moved in. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, when the city made this ridiculous deal to house the migrants at the Roosevelt Hotel last year, I wrote a column in which I predicted everything that would happen. I said, you know, the mayor is turning this wonderful old building into a theme park for migrant you know chaos, and that's exactly what it became. Uh, even if laws aren't strictly speaking being broken, uh, it's destroyed the street environment. So all the stores around there are troubled. Uh, they, uh, the migrants who line up on one side of the building, on the cross street, they're there with their motorcycles. They're smoking pot, and it's really awful. And this is happening. In the heart of a business district, a grand, it's known as the Grand Central District in, in real estate circles, that's crucial to the city's economy. Mm-hmm. And we're right uh, down the block from that. JPMorgan Chase building. Is, is building, you know, a thousand foot skyscraper right across the street practically, and this is what they're going to have on their front lawn. However, not forever, because the owners of the hotel, which uh, is a uh, basically the government of Pakistan, uh, hired a real estate uh, firm, uh, JLL and their top brokers to start marketing the property when the migrants are out of there. Now, the contract with the city is for three years, but I happen to know that um, the owners, the the government of Pakistan, they have some sort of out, Mm. which can be exercised at the end of the first year, the end of the second year. I don't know how it would work, but that's what I've been told, and that's what I believe, which means that if they got an offer, somebody wants to buy that property – they could, you know, exercise their right of getting out of it. Now, that doesn't mean the Roosevelt Hotel would be saved. In all likelihood, look, I'm I'm nostalgic about it, I'm sentimental about it, but the building is a piece of garbage, and it cannot really be rescued, and the zoning at that location allows for a building three times larger than what's there now.
2: So, Do you think they could at least save the base like they've done with some other buildings that, as I a landmark? I don't think
3: that they would want... I, I get oh. your point. I don't think they, they would want that to. That makes me sad. The exterior is not distinguished at all. The right. only thing that I love about it is the ground floor Right, <laughs> right. Uh, once you're inside. But there's not going to be any protection for that. Oh, so I, when the time comes, the migrants are gone. That building will be demolished, and it will be a development site where... You could build almost anything. Wow. It could be a mixed-use building, a combination of offices and hotels and stores. Who knows?
2: Wow. Well, the things that we need for New York are New York needs to be back to pre-pandemic, but in a great way. Restaurants, stores, high-rises, everything that you've just talked about. So I appreciate you coming on, and please do come and guest host with me next time Arthur goes away. This was I'd a great to, time and come as a guest on a regular basis thank, thank you and you so give much. us an update.
3: May, maybe we can persuade author to continue enjoying his life in South there Florida, or wherever he is right now. Or
2: we'll just get you on for segments every week. Sure there we time. go. Okay. Well, This has been Joni Pelzer, Alex Garrett and the amazing Steve Cuso, the New York Post, famous New York Post columnist. So thank you so much for enjoying this Friday afternoon with us. I hope you drive safe, get home, enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday everybody.
10: I'm not alone. New York is my home.
7: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC.